the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Perfection. Absolutely beautiful. Sunny in 82. It's a Friday afternoon. I mean, this is living good, isn't it? It is living good. I mean, if you uh, if you love the Pirates, you know it's an afternoon game, but don't you worry, because if you want to be left in the dark, which is fine, you know they're going to replay it tonight. Oh, right. That's what I love about afternoon games, is you know we can't watch them because we're at work, but you can go home, and then around 8 o'clock, you get to see it, Tune the, con- in. the condensed version on uh, AT&T Sports. Is it condensed? It, that if if nothing really happens in an inning, they'll say due to time constraints. Oh, really? We're going to move ahead we'll in uh, in this broadcast of the game. I'm glad you brought that up because the uh, the uh, baseball All Star game was this week. The total amount of time, the, the length of the game, was two hours and thirty seven minutes. Is that right? Now the average major league game was four hours long. Right? Oh, forever and ever and See, ever. See, I don't. There's no reason why we have to have short games. No, no. No. I want a tighter no, no. game. I don't, I don't want a tighter oh, game. Oh, no. You Why go to, do you want a tighter game? Because well, if you go every, to, everything has to be rushed in No, 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 no. You go to a pirate game at 7 o'clock, and by the time it's 10.30, they're in the seventh inning. Why are we rushed? Because you have other things to no, do. No, I don't have other things to do. That's what the beauty of baseball is, is there's no I get clock. That. You're sitting there in a summer night. That's fine. The breeze is there. There are things that happen. Sometimes there's an error. Sometimes there's a triple. Sometimes there's a pitching change. Sometimes sure. you step out of the box. It's all good. It's fine. But I, I can do three hours, but four and a half? I like four no and a half. No, thanks. I I'm don't. I'm good no, with four I'm, and a half. If I'm going to the I'm, game, I want to get my money's worth I for I want to go to bed. Seriously, I need to go to sleep. Oh, for heaven's sake. That's all I'm saying. Good okay. heavens. Are you 106 years that old? It doesn't matter. I, I mean, good, Don't great. you like to sleep? I feel like it's a little too early, but I'm going to do it anyway. Tell Do what? I want to tell you and all of our listeners, including New Mike, yeah. your weekend has begun. Oh, yes. Super That's nice. Very nice. It's six minutes past the four o'clock hour on a Friday afternoon. At least in this corner of the world, all is right and well. It's the top of the sixth inning. Should I tell you what the score is? Please. If you don't want to hear, cover your ears. Mm-hmm. It zips it. Mm-hmm. Zero, zero. Mm-hmm. Zip, zip. Top okay. of the sixth. Chris Archer looking fine. Let's go Bucks. Because you know, fine. Wrigley Field looking good as well. I know. Okay, so I want to ask you guys about your family dinners. Okay. Okay, because I saw this article in the Wall Street Journal about this family. I want to tell you about them, and I want you to tell me if you're like them or not. Said family. This is the Woodson Home in Temecula, California. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, they're not like us because they live in California. Yes, first thing. Ronnie Woodson is 49 years old. Ronnie. He's a sales executive. Oh, no, I'm sorry, because it's a woman. Ronnie Woodson is a sales executive and mother of two. She's they. Okay. She, she's on a low-carb low diet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Her 12-year-old daughter, Mallory, will eat carbs, but not those that contain gluten. Okay. Her son, Brennan's 21. He's a vegetarian. Okay. Her husband, Alex, who's also 49, eats everything. Uh-huh. So she maps out meals for the week on a color-coded spreadsheet. Oh, my gosh. Every Sunday night. I want to know oh, yeah. 
Is your family like the Woodson home, Temecula, California? No. Mike? <laughs> um, not to that extent, but no. the first couple months of our marriage, um, of, of uh, my wife and I's marriage, we would spend at least two and a half hours at the grocery store. Oh my gosh, because really? she's allergic to corn, and I'm allergic to gluten, and so we had to figure out we were so new to this. We had to figure out how's it work. We had to read all the ingredients, the, everything, mm. everything that we wanted to buy. So now we finally have it down to a system, and it takes us like thirty minutes okay. in and out of the store. So wow. You, okay. So your food allergies prevent that. Yes. Okay. Now food allergies, yeah, is different than food preference or yes. like diet sure. diet right. craze or whatever. But okay, but that's valid. John, is your family like the Woodson Home, Temecula, California? Uh, it is not. I follow my father's lead, which was basically if it's on your plate, you eat, you eat it. it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. Yeah. If you don't want to eat it, okay. Well, then you know there's something, especially when the kids are little. There's a, like you know, a penalty to pay. Okay, so you wouldn't go along with the 12 year old daughter who eats carbs, no. but not gluten, not because she has celiac disease, but because she just doesn't want to. Look again. We would say my mother would say this is not a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Just eat. What about Brennan, 21, who's a vegetarian? Tough. Okay. Eat the food. All right. Okay. I mean, what so are you no, do? no color coded spreadsheet for you guys. I don't think so. Are you doing that? Are you okay, doing something well, okay, like well, that? Okay. Well, here's the thing. I, you know, this won't be a surprise to a lot of you based on the the time of day that our show is on. But I don't cook very often because you're busy. I'm. I can't. You're I can't here talking do it. to us, right? So we do a lot of things in our house that each person can make on their own. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's sure. Good. When, Team effort. Right. Team effort. And then I cook every Sunday, and I make a lot, so we have at least two days worth of leftovers. Nice. But you have older kids now. Whenever your kids were younger, right? But when then my, what? When my kids were younger, I wasn't working here. No, no. You've been here ten years. Well, yeah. Well, they were younger, They're but when eight, they were really little, yeah, yeah. You're right. They were kind of little. I mean, I did a lot of crockpot meals at oh, that point. I don't like the crockpot. I love a crockpot. I love a no, crockpot. I don't. I, do. don't. I love it. Mm-mm. What's your problem with the crockpot? Well, pot? I just think, well, maybe I, I'm not going to try to throw anybody under the bus. Oh, no, name, I can't wait to hear it. Name my wife or anything <laughs> like that. I'm just saying, I think the crockpot to me is kind of meh. It does, meh. It's just it's sort of like an amalgamation of meh. If you're not using a good recipe, it all kind of tastes the same That's after what eight I hours. Think. Yeah. I go, yeah, no, true. I don't want that. Yeah, you need to kind of monitor me, that. No, that's a good point. Meh. I mean, there are good Crock recipes, pot. but if you and if you leave anything in there too long, you're done. Exactly. No, I don't want a crock pot. Sorry. Okay. All right. So uh, since I'm not, you know, I'm cooking. Such a downer. <laughs> uh, since, since I'm not cooking in my family, and because we, we actually do have, like Mike says in his house, there are actual, you know, food allergies in my house. It does help that each person is able to get their own. Yeah. But this new cauliflower craze that is sweeping the nation. John, you're on board. I love cauliflower. I would eat cauliflower every day. Don't you love cauliflower? No, I don't what? love cauliflower. You don't? I can't I think stand it is cauliflower. What? My it wife is a... absolutely loves it. I, I think love it's it. Disgusting. Me too. What? It smells horrible. What? And it is a gross color. It, it is really not. is. You it looks. Are... It looks like something's missing. Yeah. No. 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 And a gross texture. What? Yeah. <laughs> It's nasty. Eat what's on your plate, you two. I, mean, I eat it. I do eat it because, you know, it comes in. I buy, buy the frozen mix that has broccoli and cauliflower and carrots together. So I eat it, but I'm not eating it because I like it. Really? We st- I steam it almost uh, at least three Steaming nights a week. It. You steam it? That's steam cauliflower. That's, that's got to make it the worst no. possible taste. No, like at least if you put it in a skillet with some olive oil and salt, it's tasting like that's something. That's fine, too, but I like just steamed cauliflower with some salt and pepper. Okay. Are you using it um, as rice? No, but I've I've heard of cauliflower rice, uh, and I'd love to try it. Do you use it as pizza crust? No, although I've had cauliflower in my pizza. And 
on it? Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be awful? No. Can you cauliflower. Cauliflower pizza crust. Pizza. No, the, he's talking about, what, you're talking about as a topping? Yeah. No, that's worse. No, no. Yeah, I that's think I'd gross. rather have it as crust. Like a white yeah, pizza with some cauliflower and some pesto? Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. Products that tout cauliflower instead of the uh, traditional carb, like flour or potato, mm-hmm. that grew 53% just this year. Oh, 53%. There are all sorts of people like you who are like, bring on the cauliflower. Oh. Okay, but you're not bringing on the cauliflower because you're trying to cut carbs. Because <laughs> it's on my plate. I like it. <laughs> Everyone's too persnickety. Do you eat brown rice or white rice? Uh, I prefer white rice. Mike. Brown. Mm-hmm. You too. I do a, a combo. A combo? Oh. I do a, a 50-50 split. She's not racist with her rice. You know, you mix it together. Really? Yeah. You know why? No. Because it tastes better and it's good for you. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do the 50% jasmine rice and I do 50% brown sweet rice that I buy at Kimbok Korean Market in the Strip. And I make it that way because the lady there tells me to. And whatever really? she tells me to do, I do. Wait, she tells you 50% white, 50% brown? Yep. Okay. I'm yeah. not opposed to that. I either. went in there several years ago and I was buying jasmine rice and she was like, "Stop! what are you doing? And I said, buying rice. And she said, why, why are you doing that? And I thought, this is this a trick mean? question? Like, I thought Three I, I liked the world rice. Eats rice. And she was like, no, 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 no. Huh. And then she came over. She's very funny. She came over and showed me the brown rice. And she was like, this is better for you. And it's very delicious. Have you ever tried it? And I, now she's saying this in broken English. And I said, no, you know, no, I never tried it. And she actually took it over to the counter and made me buy it. Whoa. She was like, you buy this. Okay. And so I bought it, and then I tried it, and so I've been sold ever since. Really? So I half buy it at half. Kimbuk, half Isn't and that, half. That's more work, though, because you're making two different pots of rice. No, no. I, you mix them together in dry. Like, oh, I, I have oh. a big container. I just dump them all in and then mix it all together. And so every time you scoop it out, you have half and half. Very nice. Like it's that. very good. So thanks to the woman whose name I don't know. Excellent. I always wave, though, when I'm there. <laughs> and I always she's always happy because I'm buying exactly what she told me to buy. All right. There's the rice update from Kathy Emmons. It's family on a Friday dinner, afternoon. a battle over carbs. Give me some bread. Hey, Karen Swallow Pryor's next cultural engagement, a crash course on contemporary issues. Straight ahead. 101.5 WORD. Somebody is going to win a free cruise aboard Family Life's Love Like You Mean It Marriage Cruise, visiting the beautiful Caribbean. And it could be you. Just log on to our station website and use the keyword stronger. When you enter, you'll also receive their free ebook, Stronger Forever, that includes a personalized six week plan to grow your marriage. Make your marriage stronger. Register now to win at wordfm.com slash stronger. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. You watch what you eat. You're hitting the gym. You're doing your best to live a healthy life. 
But did you know that a bad night's sleep and a bad mattress can have a big impact on your health? Here at the Original Mattress Factory, our hand-built mattresses made of the highest quality materials provide the comfort and support needed to provide healthy sleep for years to come. To learn more about how the right mattress can help you achieve healthy sleep habits, visit OriginalMattress.com or stop by an Original Mattress Factory store near you. The gimmicks, the flashy sales, and the big markups. Mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose. Ron Trzinski started the Original Mattress Factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality, offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost, and ditched the high-pressure sales tactics, all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the original disruptor. Stop by an Original Mattress Factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. It's Trinity Jewelers Half Off Half the Store Sale. Trinity invites you to bring your better half now through Saturday only and get half off half the store. We don't know which half yet, but 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. No, Trinity is not going out of business. They've just lost their minds, and the savings will be ridiculous. Trinity Jewelers half off half the store sale at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating life's closest relationships for over 20 years at TrinityJewelers.com. If you've been a Christian for any longer length of time, I think you've probably come across the idea of Christians and the culture, and how should Christians engage with the culture? How do we do this in, in this ever-changing, really sort of upside-down, topsy-turvy world? And in this era of divisive rhetoric, which comes, it seems, from every direction. Dr. Karen Swallow-Pryor is with us. She's a professor in the English Department at Liberty University, and uh, a new work that she's a co-part of, I guess, uh, as a creator and an editor, Cultural Engagement, a Crash Course in Contemporary Issues. Hi, Karen. Thanks for coming along again today. How are you today? Hi. Hello, John and Kathy. It's great to be back. Thank you. I got to tell you, Karen, I still don't have a copy of the book because the publisher has been lagging behind, but I have to tell you, I I haven't been this excited about a book in a long time, Um, and that's just kind of giving it a cursory overview um, online, but... Uh, so I, I guess I want—I have a bunch of questions to ask you. First off, um, talk about the foundation of the book. Uh, you know, different denominations, different church traditions look at the relationship between church and culture differently. So, how are you guys handling that? Yeah, that's—I mean—that's that, actually the fact that there are so many different ways within the church to engage culture, and I don't mean just the issues, but even just you know our attitude toward right. culture in general. Um, there's been a lot of scholarship done on that, you know, in the past century, but not as much for today and these times. So in the book, um, we give kind of an overview of some of the different models for engagement that have been um, historically seen in the church. And we recognize, because this is well, this is primarily was a textbook, although we wrote it for lay readers as well, but we recognize that so many students and just Christians in general don't even realize that the way that they perceive the proper relationship between the church and the culture comes from a tradition, and that there are different traditions, and we may not be intentional or self-aware about the relationship that we assume should exist between the church and culture. So we, and I'm saying we, you, Kath, and I, maybe people in our audience as well, as believers, 
I think we tend to be buffeted by the culture, that we are reactionary towards the culture, right? The latest outrage over Chick-fil-A or same-sex marriage or you name it. We think that's the culture. But the fact of the matter is that's not necessarily so, is it? I mean, culture is such a broad term. And, you know, we actually talk about the word culture, the meaning of it, even the fact that, you know, some, some of our good friends push against us a little bit. We've even included this in the book, but you know, even the idea of engaging the culture doesn't make sense because it's basic. I mean, we, human beings exist, exist in culture. It's like air. We can't help but uh, partake of it. And so um, even the word alone can mean different things to different people. Right. And so we need to talk about that in the book as well. Yeah. Okay. So I think that some people, uh, their church history or culture is that um, they have to be oppositional. To culture, right? So they have to, whatever culture is saying, whether it's through film or through art or through music um, or through even, uh, you know, I hate to use the word art and politics in the same sentence because it doesn't seem to be the reality. But anyway, it's oppositional, right? And then there are other church traditions which say, okay, now wait a minute, how can the church or how should the church influence culture? And then another church tradition is how should the church be leading culture? That that's exactly it. All of those traditions exist, and people will often take a posture along one of those models without realizing it that it's even even is a model. And I'm glad you brought up those topics in the same sentence, as odd as they are, because we actually have a section on the arts, a section on politics, a section on war and weapons. We cover nine different issues that don't necessarily go together, but they're all part of culture and all you know all giving us um, controversial issues that we're facing today. I see. So how do we engage the culture? I mean, you would look at the church and think, well, the church is a culture, so who is teaching us to engage the culture from a Christian worldview? You mean the culture that's not the church? Culture? Yes. Well, and that's, that's the other motivation behind this book is that, you know, we may our families may go to church once twice three times a week we might send our kids to christian schools we might teach in christian schools but we are so immersed in a variety of cultures because of the digital age you know, social media facebook twitter that we are exposed to not just the outside culture but many cultures that claim a Christian perspective and a Christian worldview, and they compete with one another. So what are young Christians, what are old Christians supposed to do when we read one Christian that says this is the biblical right, view right. and another Christian says this is the biblical view? That's hard. Dr. Karen Swallow-Pryor is with us, professor in the English department at Liberty University and a senior fellow at Liberty University Center for Apologetics and Cultural Engagement. Uh, all right, so let's talk about some of these specific topics that you guys have covered in the book. Um, now, you and your co-author have not written every chapter. You have edited this together, Karen, and you've got prominent people who've done a lot of thought and some writing on these issues writing each chapter themselves. Yes. I mean, there are over 40 contributors. My co-editor and I each contributed an essay or two, but most of these essays are from other writers, and we provide a framework 
sort of a historical survey of each of these topics and discussion questions, because it is a textbook, and hopefully to guide the readers to be critical and biblical as they encounter each one of these different perspectives. So the contemporary issues begin with issues related to sexuality. Um, So, for example, here are some uh, chapter titles. What it means to love our LGBTQ neighbors. That's written by Rosaria Butterfield. Uh, Gender and sex related but not identical by Michael Byrd. Uh, Rethinking same-sex relationships by Matthew Vines. Now, you've got people here who have different perspectives on issues related to sexuality. I I respect that. Did that cause you any angst figuring out how many perspectives and who to invite to be part of your project? Well, it provided angst in the sense that, you know, there are so many perspectives now that claim to be Christian on these topics. And, of course, just editing a book is really angsty, so just a side yeah, note, right. uh, you know, we're inviting different people, and some turn it down, and some accept, and then some don't, you know, they're late. But um, we couldn't, you know, I mean, this is the biggest topic probably facing the culture today and the church, and um, the fact that we have a gay-affirming essay in this um, is something I know that's raised some eyebrows, um, but from a a professor standpoint teaching at a Christian university, I have to say these students are out there, they're reading these views already, and they're being convinced. So we wanted to provide a platform where more traditional Orthodox views could appear side by side by what students and others are already reading. I see. So, I mean, in in the works, you're talking to someone who writes a piece on gender dysphoria. There's uh, conversations about a complementarian view of the sexes. So uh, how do you see this being used, Karen? In in what courses, who would sign up to take something like this? Well, we do have courses at Liberty in cultural engagement as part of the School of Divinity uh, and the apologetics program uh, specifically. So um, I know of at least one course there. Well, this where this will be used. We've heard other professors, a a sociology professor at another college who may use this. Um, But it's also, you know, you can pick it up as an individual reader, and I think it's just a good read, and it's a good practice of using biblical discernment and critical thinking as we face these issues and then apply that thinking to other issues. I guarantee you I will use it. And I think people who are interested in just thinking through the difficult issues that surround us every day, I think this book's going to be a goldmine. Um, let's talk in our just last couple minutes about um, immigration and race, since that's an issue that's so much in the news over the last you know few months, but especially over the last couple days. Um, talk about this is uh, this is chapter seven, immigration and race, talking about idolatry as a primary problem, why Christians should be pro-immigrant, reframing the immigration debate. Talk about that. Yeah, we we just had a number of contributors who represent you know, pretty wide spectrum from from within the church. Um, One of the essays is very, um, very enthusiastically pro-immigrant, and another one that follows it by my co-editor is more tempered. But again, we we provide discussion questions as well, because what we really want out of any, for anyone who reads this book, is to be able to go out there in the world, encounter a point of view that says it's Christian, and to be able to evaluate it according to a biblical lens. I like this. I like it a lot. So, uh, in these really weird, I mean, this is such an, a difficult time. You know, I, I used to sort of mock the idea, well, I'm evolving on that idea. But but I get it. I'm because, evolving every day. Right? I mean, I, yeah. need, uh, I need some guideposts here. And so these big yeah. minds would certainly be helpful. 
Right. I mean, there are certainly some issues that are very clear in the Bible, and I disagree with some of the essays in here, but the point is just because I disagree doesn't mean I'm going to convince someone else. They have to think through it themselves. Um, they, you know, if they don't hold the view because they actually believe it, and they only believe it because, you know, because they've been told that's what, what they should believe, we're not really making disciples, and they're going to fall away eventually because we, we need to be grounded in Scripture and hold to our be, our beliefs because we know that they are true. So I guess that's the perfect place to end, Karen. Um, for people who think, well, wait, I don't want to expose my son, or I don't want to expose myself to a perspective that's different than the one I I think, um, the one I've always believed, the one my church has always taught. You know, I don't want to do that. Just talk to um, that person who might be afraid or resistant to reading, engaging at all in any perspective that's not already theirs. Well, again, this this is a textbook. It's written by professors who wrote it for students. And so what we're doing, we know the students are out there reading these views, they're talking to each other, and they're being confused. And so we're serving really as guides along the way. So they can read these views as they're presented, but then be challenged by counter views and then the discussion questions that we ask that lead them to think critically and th- and biblically about each essay. Amen to that. Well, certainly this is a book for the times. We could all use this. Cultural Engagement, a Crash Course in Contemporary Issues. We've been speaking with Dr. Karen Swallow Pryor from the Liberty University. Recent storms have done a number on Pittsburgh's homes and businesses. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. It's Trinity Jewelers Half Off Half the Store Sale. Trinity invites you to bring your better half now through Saturday only and get half off half the store. We don't know which half yet, but 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. No, Trinity is not going out of business. They've just lost their minds, and the savings will be ridiculous. Trinity Jewelers half off half the store sale at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating life's closest relationships for over 20 years at TrinityJewelers.com. Hey, Pittsburgh, if you've been thinking about a new car or SUV, now is the time. With the summer sales event in full swing, Calusi has savings on the entire lineup of crossovers like the Chevy Equinox, Trax, and Blazer. Plus, with Chevy Loyalty Cash, you can save an additional $1,000 off the MSRP on select models. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. So how was your breakfast this morning? Was it magnificent or just meh? You could have enjoyed a little morning comfort at the Bistro to Go Cafe, like their simply delicious signature sugar pecan French toast, a savory Tuscan or farmer-style breakfast bowl, or a daily chef-crafted special. 
Bistro to Go Cafe will always get your morning off to a delicious and healthy start. Have a great day with Bistro to Go on the north side. See what's cooking at bistro-togo.com. This week at Walgreens, get great deals on the essentials you need. Now, select varieties of Tide laundry detergent, $1.99 with coupon and card. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. While supplies last, restrictions and exclusions apply. See store for details. I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. You have my word on it. Clear skies and comfortable tonight, the low 59 degrees. There can be some patchy fog overnight for tomorrow. Mostly sunny, a nice start to the weekend. High 86 for tomorrow night. Will turn out partly cloudy. There can be a stray shower late tomorrow night and very early Sunday morning. Low 67 for Sunday. Sunshine and some clouds. Pleasantly warm, 82 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. I often shop in uh, Squirrel Hill. I walk the streets of Forbes and Murray. I, I consider that probably, um, you know, for me, the retail destination. I just, I just like to shop there. But I'm shocked by the number of stores that have closed in the last several months in that corridor. I mean, there are so many storefronts that are empty now. And it doesn't say anything about Squirrel Hill as a community. It says more so about the retail apocalypse, which is clearly upon us. Um, I'm looking at an article here today. This was at uh, USA Today, their money uh, retail uh, business part of the magazine or the newspaper. They're saying that by the end of this year, 12,000 retail outlets will close. Really? 12,000. Wow. Uh, Just a a rundown. That seems like a lot. Oh, man. Although in 2017, more more stores closed. Uh, Here's a quick rundown. Payless, which uh, Payless? Horrible. Two thousand. <laughs> I, you know what? I'd, I just the, horrible. <laughs> I, I bought, I'm not going to shop there. I bought shoes there and just wrecked my feet so many different ways. Yeah. I just I can't do it. I told you a story. A friend of mine, well, my uh, an old partner of mine, he was a smoker. And one time we were standing outside while he was smoking a cigarette. He threw a cigarette down on the on the pavement, you know, to smash it out. It attached itself to the top of his shoe and burnt a hole on it. <laughs> It melted the shoe. Yeah. <laughs> it melted his Payless shoe. Yeah, from Payless. Yeah, it was gray. I can yeah, picture it very clearly in my mind's eye. Okay, so Payless, uh, 2,500 stores. A Gymboree, Dress mm. Barn, 700 stores from Dress Barn. Uh, Charlotte Ruse, do you know that store? Mm-hmm. What is that, a clothing store? That's a clothing store for like high school girls. Mm-hmm. Lifeway Christian Resources. Right, I know that. 170 stores. Henri Bendel, 23 stores. Family Dollar, as many as 400 stores. Fred's. I don't know what Fred's is. I don't know is. Fred's. Uh, Chico's. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Now, Chico's is, I think that's part of the Banana Republic White oh, House Black it? Market chain. Family. Yeah, I think that's part of that chain. Chico's. Uh, 75 stores this year, but 250 will close over the next three years. Wow. This is Pittsburgh. GNC is going to close 233 stores. Okay. Gap, I've, no- I've noticed them losing, you know, several places in small, like not necessarily at Ross Park Mall. I don't yeah. think I don't even think there ever was one there, but in in the little, you know, plazas, oh, yeah. I see they're going out. Hmm. Uh, Gap, 230 stores. When's the last time you were in a Gap? Well, not very long ago, just maybe 2 months ago, but 
I, I don't like that store anymore. Yeah, well, you know, it reached its nadar when? In the late 80s. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Walgreens, uh, 200 stores. Foot Locker, 175 stores. Foot Locker's P- too expensive. Uh, I, I really, I, f- I feel like it's too expensive. Uh, Pier 1. Never going there. Oh, I like uh, yeah, it's still weird. Yeah, it's I a little weird Chachka store. Sears, Sears. Oh, it's Sears. A, it's amazing that Sears is still alive. I know. Seventy-two stores. Oh, Victoria's Secret, fifty-three oh, stores. Okay. Uh, Office Depot, fifty stores. Kmart, fifty stores. CVS. Don't worry, they'll build a Walgreens across the I street. I was going to say, yeah, what the heck? Party City, forty-five stores. Children's Place. Oh, What's Children's that? Place is a store for little kids. Oh, right. Like infant up through maybe, I don't know, seven or eight years old. Okay. Bed, Bath & Beyond, 40 see, stores. See, no, I love that. Bed, Bath & Beyond. I love Dia. Bed, Bath & Beyond. It's a weird I, store. And I like the people who work there. They're very helpful. It's kind of just like all this weird chachka. I like it. Selling like scales and candles. I like it. Um, Build-A-Bear. Build-A-Bear, really? They're closing yeah. stores too? 30 stores. When's the mm-hmm. last time you were in a Build-A-Bear, Mike? Uh, that'd oh, be geez. Never. Um, probably in like eighth grade. Wow, that is a long time ago. They do parties there. <laughs> yeah, the they deal? do parties. Okay, sure. J.C. Penney, twenty-seven stores. Uh, Lowe's. Well, Lowe's. You think Lowe's would be like you know? I heard Lowe's was having some financial problems. Really? Huh. J. Crew. When was the last time you were in a J. Crew? Uh, about a week ago. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you get those girls? Was oh, this for you? No, it was for me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Nordstrom's seven stores. Okay. Target six stores. Uh, Kohl's, four stores. Calvin Klein, one store. Calvin Klein has a store? Yeah, I guess so. Pottery Barn. What's a Pottery Barn? Oh, Furniture. Yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. Furniture, okay. home interiors. Yeah, Pier 1. Uh, I said that. Yeah. Yeah, there they go. I, well, it's now that we only have really one mall in Pittsburgh. Well, I guess we have two if you consider Robinson one and Ross well, Park no, you the got other. Man, yeah. You got the Monroeville Mall, yeah, which but are is we, shaky. Are we, are, we, are we considering that a mall? Well, yeah, you have to. It's still open. Right? But not for long. Technically, yeah. Isn't, no, no. isn't it closing in, no, in no, no, 2020? No, 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 no. You've said that before. I, that's not true. I thought a well, lot I'm of shops. not shop- like making stuff up. No, I, thought- yeah, I agree with you, Kat. I thought no, a lot no. of shops uh, closed closed the uh, Monroeville. Shop- no, no. It's still viable. Listen to how defensive it is. Well, because you guys are going, oh, it's shutting down. Don't be spreading. Fo- give me some information to back that up. All right. If someone well, would like to give us a call okay. and tell us what's going on. I mean, it's not Century I'd 3 Mall. It. I'd gravely. 800-320-8255. Please is Monroeville Mall closing? New Mike. Well, I think it is. I don't it think is. it is. No, yeah, Mike no, and I no. think it is. It's two to one. It's not. Monroeville Mall is like the zombie mall. <laughs> Twice as many people think it is closing versus Hashtag not closing. Hashtag fake news. I, I heard it was going to close on John and Kathy's show. What I want to know is that if, it's, if this is going to affect the economy or if online shopping is such a huge thing right. now. You know, it, mm-hmm. They say it, it's going to get worse. Really? So online shopping right now accounts for 16% of retail. They're saying it should top out somewhere around 25%. Yeah, okay, because mm-hmm. here's the thing. You said that more stores closed in 2017 right. that are slated to close this year. So maybe we reached the pit of it, and maybe it's, you know, yes, there's still some honing that has to be done, but not right. as drastically as it was honed two years ago. Honing. So I what like do you do? Honing. <laughs> Give me the hone. <laughs> hey, you guys got any honing? Uh, that, that store's out of business. <laughs> Honings are us is gone. Hey, so what's the deal? So what do you do with all these empty stores? Fronts. Nobody's calling about Monroeville Mall. Because they know it's... No, because they know it's closing. No, and they no, don't want no. To, they no, don't want to not. be the one to tell you. It is not. It's going to stay open. Plant a church, John. Plant a church in one of the, uh, uh, <laughs> in one of the spaces. No, I'm not going to do that. Come Mike. on. We'll no. do the reverse. Instead of like, you know, churches turning into bars, we'll like yeah. take the mall and make it into a church. Hey, um, Sunday... Can you imagine the three of us starting a church? Please don't. <laughs> July 21st, 1969, Man on Moon. We're going to talk about that. Our fate in the stars. 101.5 WORD. 
How has your life been changed by your faith in Jesus Christ? I'm not talking about attending a particular church or Bible study. I mean the real changes that you experience when you surrender your heart to Jesus and the difference that he makes day by day in your life. That's our focus this week as our study of the book of Jeremiah continues on Through the Bible with our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Stuck in an expensive timeshare contract and feel like there's no way out? I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO of Wesley Financial Group. I've helped thousands of people get rid of their timeshares. I didn't realize what I was getting into. The whole thing was just a scam. I finally found information on Chuck, and he agreed to meet us. It was just a wonderful experience because uh, he knows that business inside out, and he actually wanted to solve our problem. I fought the largest timeshare company in federal court, and yes, I won. Whether you owe ten dollars to $250,000 on your timeshare, we can help cancel your mortgage. When you're approved as a client, we'll get you out of your timeshare, eliminate your payments, and get them off of your back permanently. And we proudly hold an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Call Wesley Financial Group now for your free consultation at 1-800-462-3333. That's 1-800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. scream for ice cream. That's exactly what's happening every day at the Springhouse in 84. We're literally up to our elbows in ice cream. But who could resist a cotton candy ice cream cone? Or how about cookie dough? Or Heath Crunch? Or even raspberry chocolate yogurt? You've just got to try them all. If not a cone, then how about a toasted almond fudge ball? Creamy vanilla ice cream rolled in toasted chopped almonds and topped with gooey hot fudge and real whipped cream. Or better yet, a strawberry ice cream shortcake made with real old-fashioned shortcakes smothered with sliced strawberries and again, real whipped cream. Jump in the car now, head to 84 in the Springhouse where we want you to scream for ice cream. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, Find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. In 1957, the Soviet Union shocked the world by launching a satellite that revolved around the Earth, Sputnik. And the space age was essentially born. And then just a few short years later, in 1961, the Russians, again with another first, they sent a man, Yuri Gargarin, to himself be that first cosmonaut, he himself in a spaceship revolving around the Earth. It's hard to imagine the angst that uh, America felt then. America started their own space program, the Mercury program, and Alan Shepard and then John Glenn replicated what the Russians did. But still, the American space program and America itself was unsure. Do you, as a country, try to compete with the Soviet Union? Is there some value here to just sort of do one-upmanship in a space race? 
Well, in September of 1962, our president, John Kennedy, he went to Rice University. He essentially laid down the gauntlet. And considering what happened uh, to JFK the next year and how America changed in those intervening eight years, this speech from JFK, a tiny portion of it, really sort of was embraced by people at NASA and in many other corporations and by the American public throughout the 1960s. Here's JFK. But why some say the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why 35 years ago fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win, and the others too. That is JFK, September of 1962. George Musser is with us. George is a contributing editor at Scientific America. He wrote a piece called Our Fate is in the Stars. Today's space program still does amazing things, but nothing like Apollo. George, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And I, I just get goosebumps up my spine, you know, uh, hearing Kennedy say that. It's such a remarkable speech. I am in the exact same way, George. I mean, the, the, the providence of JFK repeating that line three times, we choose to go to yeah. the moon, and then the, you know, the audience coalescing. I think they were sort of grabbing onto the Rice University tag oh, yeah. at the first, but then, of course... I mean, it's it just a, a, the beginning of something that if in this day and age is you just can't sort of define what it was like to be alive in 1962 and see America move forward for the first time into space. It's, it's pretty remarkable. You know, I wasn't alive at the time, but my father actually went to Rice University and was in that audience watching that speech really? and was a football fan, too. Um so I guess he was one of the people laughing at that line. And it's a good thing Kennedy said it three times, not just because the crowd was applauding, but because it made the emphasis of his point. It sure does. Okay, so 50 years. It's hard to believe. Uh, next oh, yeah. Sunday, the 21st of July, we'll celebrate oh. 50 years of Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin walking on the moon for the very first time. And America had su- such a head start. Those 50 years, in many ways, seems like a-, a waste because now, of course, the Soviet Union, China, Russia, India, a lot of different people here in the United States, here in the city of Pittsburgh, are back once again with great hopes of going to the moon and at some point inhabiting the moon. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I would like to see that happen. Um, and I wouldn't, uh, you know, 50 years have gone by and it hasn't been spacious all that time. I think that's important to point out. Although we haven't gone back to the moon and it'll all be kind of subheading of my article kind of was a little bit of a downer. We've done great things in space since then, especially in the unmanned and in the robotic program. We've landed on Mars. The Soviet Union landed on Venus. We've explored Mars. We've explored the outer satellites of uh, the satellites of the outer solar system. So a lot has been done. People tend to forget that sometimes. Yes. And, you know, uh, 
I was alive during the 1960s when the, mm-hmm. when Man on Moon landed. I was 12 years old, and like a kid, oh, wow. like a lot of kids my age. I mean, I was obsessed by it. I could not believe we were actually doing this. So on July 21st, I knew exactly where I was and what was going on. I could still smell the room. I can see my parents. All that. But, I mean, it, it is a heartbreak that the the country was so excited by that, by Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. And then, you know, in short order, Apollo 11 through Apollo 17, we all sort of got blasé and then the money dried up. And essentially, we shut things down for the promise of the space shuttle, which to me was kind of a, a second-rate experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you remember where you were for Apollo's 12, 13, 14, et cetera? I was in front of the TV set because I was that much of a hardcore space fan. So I guess a lot of people probably were. I mean, a lot of people obviously return over to the, whatever game was playing at the time, but a lot of people stayed with it. And I, I was born in 65, so it's just a, kind of those missions were the very earliest you know, memories I had. But I did go down to Florida for the Apollo Soyuz launch. Cool. I guess that was in 75. And the kind of detente mission of the, the two superpowers linking up, and that was exhilarating um, for, for a boy of that age, certainly. And I, my first merit badge as a Boy Scout was space exploration. So <laughs> it wasn't just it wasn't just you and, and the folks who were remember that vividly. I mean, the rest of us who have come along since then are still very inspired by what happened during Apollo. So, George, a couple of things. Uh, the the idea that, you know, we were wasting money in space. I think, mm-hmm. you know, you can talk about this. When you, when you look at the dividends, especially sort of the, um, the kickstart it gave the digital age with computerization, the space race really sort of paid for itself in the end. I think so. I think that's, that's I mean, the, the economic analyses are, are tricky. There's been a lot of controversy over exactly what the dividend was, but I think Anyone who's analyzed it has agreed that there was a net plus to it. Because you need to remember, most of that money was spent, actually all of it really, was spent on Earth. It went into our economy. It went into our, our industry. It, it, it kick-started a lot of areas, such as you point out, the information age. Um, so it's, I don't remember what the, the numbers are, but something like a, a multiplier effect of something like 10 times, it's, it people talk about, every dollar spent stimulated economy a tenfold and you know i don't know what the exact numbers are but there definitely was a huge benefit and the computer industry probably is the single biggest beneficiary of that there's something to be said you know when you look at that moment and of course it was an american moment but the americans being americans it transcended that, right? It became a worldwide event where when you read about it and, you know, the after the fact that mm-hmm. Neil Armstrong and Michael Collins and Buzz Aldrin, they toured the world, people would say, we did it. We did it. And it was an American moment, but it transcended that. It transcended politics. It transcended everything to think that man was so great that he could go to a distant world. How exciting that was. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I wish we had more of those kind of transcendent moments today mm-hmm. where we all come together as a, as a human race and just revel in the accomplishments that, that we make. So when I was a student, I um, did some teaching in Thailand. I was up in the northeast of Thailand, which is a relatively or was then a relatively poor area. And, and I had actually worked at NASA by that point. I'd been an intern at, at Jeff Propulsion Laboratory. Mm-hmm. And the kids wanted to know about that. And I actually had to learn some words of, of the Thai language in order to explain what I did. 
at, at NASA. And it was, they were so excited about it. So absolutely, it's just a shared interest that you see across the world. So here we are now. Uh, there's a company here in Pittsburgh. It's called Astrobiotic. They just got a, a mm. huge grant from the, the government to send a robot to the moon. I mean, it's right here in the city. So there are many people. Look, right right now there's a Tesla out there somewhere in space with Elon Musk, you know, and, and uh. all that. I mean, I, I love that there is a, um, a sort of a corporate independent drive to get to space. and uh, But still, gigantic governments are behind this as well, whether it is the Indians or the Russians or the Chinese or the United States. So I'd say... For the first time in a long time, the future of space exploration, manned space exploration or robotic, looks very bright indeed. I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think the, of course, I, the robotic exploration, I think, is ticking along as it has been maybe under the radar for a long time. But as you say, the, the human exploration program is really starting to, to take off, so to speak. We've got uh, SpaceX. We've got Bezos. We've got a lot of entrepreneurs and, and tech billionaires are, are putting their money into this. So this is, it's a big deal. It's, I think it, that's really what I think will, will push it forward. Government funding comes, government funding goes, but if we can actually get the cost of orbital access beaten down, then it's just anyone can really think about maybe not themselves going into space just yet, but contributing to an effort uh, like a, a CubeSat or some other small-scale project students can get involved in. So I think it's becoming more democratized, I guess. Nice. The word I'm, I'm looking for. From Scientific America, George Muss was with us. George, just a minute or so left. Mm-hmm. So I was reading yesterday sure. about uh, the water on the moon and what uh-huh. that might be like, whether it's drinking water or water that would be used as a way station for to build rocket fuel or whatnot. What do you know about that? I mean, uh, the, not much. Uh, I don't think much, in fact, is known. The water has accumulated in certain perpetually shadowed places on the moon, especially near the poles. Uh, and as you say, the water would be cr- just a crucial resource because the moon otherwise is it's not even bone dry. No bone is as dry as the moon is. It's a desert except for these pockets of water. So it will be super important for sustenance, for, for human bases, and as you point out, really for, for synthesizing fuel and, and oxidants. Well, George, thanks an awful lot. Clearly, uh, you share the passion of what it is to, to oh, explore yeah. space. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for next week because all the different specials, all the different books that are out right now, this is a moment to celebrate. It absolutely is. It's just so, so exciting. Everyone's coming together. Let's have other things that we want to come together on and celebrate. I really hope we can do that as a people. I'll mend to that. George Musser, our fate is in the stars. Today's space program still does amazing things, but nothing like Apollo. George Musser from Scientific America. The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amberin trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonial is based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI US Mulo, 52 weeks by UPC. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton, and I want to talk to you about something I haven't liked to talk about until now, my menopause. All my life, I've had energy, energy to win gold in 84. But when menopause hit me, with the hot flashes and night sweats, I began to feel sluggish every day. That all changed when I discovered Amberin. Amberin safely relieves 12 menopause symptoms by helping to restore your hormonal balance. Amberin is 100% drug-free, estrogen-free, and clinically tested. Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement. Thanks to Amberin, my fear of hot flashes is gone. My sheets aren't soaked every night, and my energy is back. Give Amberin a try and see what it can do for you. It works. 
It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine retailers nationwide and get Amber in today. We talk about, oh, we're thematic, we're integrated, but what that means at Jubilee is very different. Jubilee Christian School Principal April Eisman on their award-winning integrated curriculum. The scripture is infused in everything, science, math, English. It's not, okay, we're going to have Bible class and then we're going to go have science. Everything is infused with the scripture. Not only that, but it's thematic. And that is very hard to do. You can't go and buy this curriculum. I've never seen anything like it. Imagine, believe, achieve at jubileecs.org. We're surrounded by noise, bombarded by information, messages struggling to get attention. So many ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out for the resources and know-how to make it all work. There's Salem Surround. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. We're just talking about heroes. Now let's turn the page to coconuts. (laughs) Two people arrested in uh, Guthrie, Oklahoma yesterday. Guthrie. After a traffic stop. Now, you know, traffic stops sometimes, you know, there are issues related to sometimes people are drinking. Sometimes it's erratic driving, um, you know. Pull you over. This is maybe different than just drinking or erratic behavior. I feel like these two people kind of took their traffic stop. To the next level. Wait, so a cop saw something, he pulled these mm-hmm. people over, and then what happened? Yeah. Um, so the traffic stop was at 11 a.m. in uh, Guthrie, only because the tag on the car was expired. Okay. Okay, so that's, you know. There's a flag. I, I was stopped one time for that. He let me go. Okay. Which I appreciated. Anyway, a man by the name of Stephen Jennings in the driver's seat, uh, a woman whose last name, uh, Rachel Rivera in the passenger seat. Um, but in the back seat, this is where things get a little dicey, uh, they had a pet timber rattlesnake. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it just? No, it was in a terrarium. Okay, all right. All right, with so no were... lid, with with like a really little lid on it, but it was still in a terrarium. <laughs> okay, so we got a dude driving, we got a woman in the passenger side, mm-hmm. and we got the timber rattlesnake in the back. Yeah. Okay. Now, about the same time, the driver decides to tell the cops that he has a gun in the console. Okay. Okay. That's good. Say, tell so, the guy. Okay, tell so the we're cop. good. So they realize there's a stolen gun in there. Uh, just about that time, across the police scanner, the officers find out that the car they're driving is stolen. <laughs> okay, now okay? things are getting interesting. So they've got the rattlesnake, they've got the stolen vehicle, they got the, the firearm. Mm-hmm. So they've got these two people under arrest. So then, upon looking further, police found an open bottle of Kentucky Deluxe Whiskey. Mm. Conveniently stored directly next to the gun. Okay. Okay. So that was also disturbing, but nothing compared to the canister of radioactive powdered uranium (laughs) found next. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. So there's a stolen car with um, no registration. Right. um, Some open whiskey, Mm -hmm. a gun, Mm -hmm. uh, a rattlesnake in the back seat. Right. And a canister of uranium. Right. Man, there's a lot going on. <laughs> so when it got, Holy when heck. it got, to, I'm looking at their mug shots right now online. That's a lot going on. I'm telling you, when you get to the uranium, you're yeah. at another level. I think of so. Trouble. So what do? You, how do you get uranium, and what are you going to do with it? Well, you get uranium by dealing on the black market with yeah. people like Iran. Uh huh. So the rattlesnake, the whiskey, the gun, 
maybe not all connected, but somehow the well, uranium's there. Well, there, there's some connection, and that is that this dude and this woman had them all in the car. Yeah. My guess is that we will not. they will not see the light of day for a while. I hope not. I think it would probably be a good idea to investigate this further. I mean, right. you'd think that, wow, this is some, like, giant spy ring or some type of, like, international <laughs> espionage. I'm telling no, you, no. you see these two people that Mike's talking about? I'm just, I, I don't know if I buy that. Yeah, they just were like a little drunken crazy people. Something. Yeah. Heaven help us. Oh, seriously, huh? Teach your children well. Take a break. Come back. We get a strong 5 o'clock hour for us. Stick around, won't you please? Uh, we're going to talk about the Detroit Chaldeans. Also, Miley Cyrus says she won't produce, ah! reproduce due to climate change. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Tropical Storm Barry is churning towards the Gulf Coast and is expected to hit Louisiana either late tonight or early tomorrow with torrential rains. National Hurricane Center Director Ken Graham says the storm will bring a hazardous combination of high winds and slow-moving rain bands. Even though the storms will move fast along these rain bands, the rain bands don't move once we have this north movement. So even if you're 50 miles away, even if you're 100 miles away, even 150 miles away, wherever these rain bands set up, even into Alabama, you can see the threat for tornadoes. You can see the threat for things flooding rain. A storm surge warning has been issued for Lake Pontchartrain and eastward to Biloxi, Mississippi. Another record close for the Dow today as the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up by 243 points to close at 27,332. The Nasdaq rose 48. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Recent storms have done a number on Pittsburgh's homes and businesses. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit windowsareuspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows Are Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. The following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800 
800-671-7070. That's 800-671-7070. 800-671-7070. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. Liberty Mutual Insurance presents... Doug. Is that your pet, Emu? He's my partner, Lemu. And we're here to tell you that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance, so you only pay for what you need. So is he only an Emu because it rhymes with Lemu, as in Liberty Mutual? Well, I won't... So this is just a clever way to get people to remember Liberty Mutual, huh? Kinda. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Underwritten by Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, affiliates, equal housing insurer, state laws apply. It's Trinity Jewelers Half Off Half the Store Sale. Trinity invites you to bring your better half now through Saturday only and get half off half the store. We don't know which half yet, but 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. No, Trinity is not going out of business. They've just lost their minds, and the savings will be ridiculous. Trinity Jewelers Half Off Half the Store Sale at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating life's closest relationships for over 20 years at TrinityJewelers.com. Clear skies and comfortable tonight, the low 59 degrees. There can be some patchy fog overnight for tomorrow. Mostly sunny, a nice start to the weekend. High 86 for tomorrow night. will turn out partly cloudy. There can be a stray shower late tomorrow night and very early Sunday morning. Low 67 for Sunday. Sunshine and some clouds. Pleasantly warm, 82 degrees. With Iraqi Weather Forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. Absolutely beautiful Friday afternoon, isn't it? It is a spectacular day. So gorgeous. Bucks are losing, though. Bucks are down. Okay, they're down, but okay. it's in the, it's top of the seventh. Yeah, look at this. And look, Okay, so it was a wild pitch. Relax it. <laughs> Wait, John's overreactive, Mike. What are you seeing? I've seen about 50,000 yeah, pirate games. It's actually upsetting right now. Okay. Anyway, it is a Friday afternoon. Very good, isn't it? It sure is good. Yeah, so, look, I, I, my, you know, that's just me. As I, well. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You got it. I believe in you. I got to be honest. I can't wait to see where it's going. I know. When I look Excited. at the pop culture today, but honestly, I don't give a crap. <laughs> So, why am I reading a story about Miley Cyrus? Uh, oh my gosh! I don't. If I, I could trip over Miley Cyrus and fall on the floor and not recognize who she is. However, that's a great song. I'm fascinated by the weirdness of the culture. So there's an article where she is the um, she's in the cover, I think, of this month's Elle magazine, which you read religiously. Well, if, you know, <laughs> you do what you got to do. L, what would you consider L? It's a pseudo fashion magazine. Yeah, I would right? consider it like a lot of perfume ads. Oh yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Okay, so here's the. This is the opening sentence. Miley Cyrus wants to read me something she wrote. Quote: I try to meditate the night before interviews on what my goal is, what I want this to say about me. We're in the living room of the house that she bought, high above the San Fernando Valley. She pulls out her notebook and she says this. My record is called She is Miley Cyrus. She does not represent a gender. She is not just a woman. She doesn't refer to anything but a force of nature. She is power. 
She can be anything you want to be. Therefore, she is everything. She is the super she. She is the shero. She is the she eo. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, I, I mean, I think. Do you think she's writing comedy, uh, or is that, no. that just like a, a a statement of empowerment? I think that is yeah. called taking yourself too seriously. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, she's a hero to a lot of young women, isn't she? And she's made a decision about having children. Yes, she certainly has. Okay, so she she goes on to this article and um, talks about the things that are upsetting her about life. And uh, she, The list she, is long. It is long, okay? She says that, um, I think that it's very confusing to people that I'm married, but my relationship is unique, yada, yada. Uh, she said... Uh, I don't think I can really read this. I mean, it, it, there's so many F-bombs in here that yeah. Elle magazine has printed. Mm-hmm, that you're afraid that you're going to slip and then right. it's all yeah. going to go downhill. Sorry, yeah. I, got, I got the dump button ready. Whenever you're, no, no. <laughs> Who'd use the dump button with John? That'd be sad. He's she, the host of the show. When she's angry, don't mess with her. Uh, that's what she says. That's the way that I feel women are like right now. The earth is angry. We've been doing the same thing to the earth that we do to women, making another comparison to feminine. We just take and take and expect it to keep producing, Mother Earth, and Mother Earth is exhausted. It can't produce. We're getting handed a piece of junk planet, and I refuse to hand that down to my child. Until I feel like my kid would live on an earth with fish in the water, I'm not bringing another person to deal with that. We don't want to reproduce because we know that the earth can't handle it. So until fish are in the ocean, she's not having a baby. I believe fish are in the ocean. <laughs> right? All right. So this reminded me when I, when I saw that L article of this NPR story I saw a couple years ago. And we talked about this on our show. This is from, um, from the summer of 16. And it was a long piece about a man by the name of Travis Ryder. And Travis Ryder was making a tour of small university atmospheres, environments, cultures um, over the summer cycle. And he was doing that so that he could convince young people who are obviously between the ages of 18 and 22 to forsake having children. Because he said, if you really want to save the earth, then don't put any more people on it. Now he says here, here's a, you ready? Yeah. Here's a provocative thought. Maybe we should protect our kids by not having them. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what? You're just going to give up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's standing before several dozen students in a college classroom. Travis Ryder tries to convince them not to have children or at least not too many oh, children. Come on, people. He says we have a moral duty to not have children because of climate change. That is so wrong. Now, let me just say one more time. This is a, a direct quote. Maybe we should protect our kids. By not having them. Oh, my gosh. Seriously, look, to, to use a phrase of the wackadoodles, that's a very privileged perspective. That is just super privileged. What, you're going to wait until everything's perfect to have children? Well, believe me, the world is not perfect. And my guess is for a lot of those kids, in that, they're going to nod their head and go, yeah, he makes a lot of sense. That's a really How- enlightened perspective. However, when they fall in love and hopefully when they get married – my guess is a lot of those kids will go, we need to have a baby. I think we're hardwired for that, mm-hmm. right? right? You want to reproduce. 
God has given us that ability, the beauty of it, the miracle of birth, the miracle of having kids in your life. If most people, most people can have kids, most people will have kids. The university environment was designed for people to battle with different ideas, right? And I get that. And so Travis Ryder has as much right to go to a college campus and talk as anybody else does. But I think it's tragic. I think it's absolutely tragic that the message that kids get is that having children is a selfish choice. Now, once you have a kid, you're going to realize within about three hours. <laughs> it's not about you. That it's not about you. And this is going to turn you into a more selfless creature if you continue the relationship. Undoubtedly. There is no other explanation for what happens to you from the time you you find out you're having a baby or you find out you're adopting a baby or you find out you're fostering, whatever it is, until looking at it 10 years down the road, you think, wow, I have become a more selfless person right. because I had to. Well, look, case in point, we got a guy here. Now, look, Mike's a young dad, but there's an, another guy here, David, who, what, I think his baby's a year or so old. So when he first got pregnant, he was like, oh, nothing's going to change with me. Not a big deal. I'm just going to pick up and go. Mm -hmm. I'm still still rolling. We're just going to do the same things my wife and I, we always did before. It's just what we're going to do with a baby. You should see this guy now. Oh, my god, We love David. He's going to have his wife having a second baby. He is so all about that baby. And it has changed everything because it changes everything for everybody. He was a good guy before. He's a great guy now. Yeah, because if you choose to have kids, if you're able to have kids, or whether you adopt kids or you foster them or whatever it is, or maybe you're talking about your nieces and nephew, what whatever time you as an adult are invested in little kids who are demanding and difficult and all of those things, I'm telling you, that is making you into a better person. No doubt. So for someone like Miley Cyrus Don't or you feel badly for her? Really bad God for God help her. You know, I, I've prayed for her before. I've read several other things that she said, and I think, God, have mercy on her. Open her mind Please. To, to, to recognize the beauty of self-sacrifice. I mean, the whole thing about she's a shero, she's a what, what, like what She's you, the CEO. Get out of here. <laughs> Please tell me someone in her world just laughs because that someone has to. Mm -mm. You have to laugh so that you don't take yourself so. No, don't you think whenever you're you you know you're that wealthy and you know the artiste, you're surrounded by people who go. Yeah, but that's the death of you. That's the death of you when you're surrounded by people who are just nodding their heads and saying how awesome you are. You got to get different friends. The CEO. Take a break. Come back uh, five o'clock. Oh, we're gonna talk about what's happening to Iraqi Christians. Stick around for that. Oh, we got Marsha. Hey, Marsh. Are you there? Marsh? How you doing, Marsh? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. What's going on at the Spring House this weekend? It's such a beautiful day. You're the Shiro. Seriously, you're the CEO of the spring. Marsha, she's Believe the CEO. me, Marsha, either did we. <laughs> that was funny, but it's true what you said about kids. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Don't they that. change us? Even Heck big yeah. kids. Even big kids change us. And that's, you know, one of the beautiful things about being at the spring house is the fact that it's a whole family affair. You know, you've got your sibs and you've got your kids and your <laughs> nephews and nieces and your mom and dad and all of that. So what's summer look like on the farm? 
Well, summer's a busy time on the farm, but for those people that come visit us, we always say we want to be like ducks on a pond. We want to look like it's smooth sailing on top, mm. but you know, underneath, we're baling the hay, and we're milking the cows, and we're making the potatoes, and we're, just, <laughs> 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 we're doing all that behind-the-scenes stuff to make it fun for everybody else. <laughs> so it's been really fun. We've had tons of families here lately, and they come, and they go down the slide, and they play with the baby calves out there in the pen, and hang out and watch the heifers run through the field, and and just relax on the farm. Come in and have an ice cream cone after supper mm. and, you know, just come hang out on the farm. It's a great time of year to do that. This is National Ice Cream Month, so, of course, you should have something ice creamy. And we started having produce this week, so mm. we're cooking lots of fresh vegetables, zucchini and tomato stuff and corn stuff and all kinds of things like that. Nice. If it's good, it's at the Spring House. Do and those you love a favor, get on down to the Spring House. For more information about it, springhousemarket.com. Marsha and her family, they're waiting for you. 101.5 WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends with the best new music. New, new, new music from Katie Hurst, All the Things. Greater Things from Mac Brock. And I'm going to let it go from Jason Gray. Oh, I'm going to let it. I'm going to let it. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club you save as much as half. Half of home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com shopping and God save the green. You know, they say the best is yet to come, but to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10, right here on 101.5 Word FM. Scattered all across the United States, there are pockets of immigrant families, communities that are just amazing, and they love this country and want to stay in this country. Well, Becca McNeil McNeil is back with us. Becca is with us earlier in the week. She is Christianity Today's immigration uh, immigrant communities editor. She wrote a piece in the print copy of CT, the latest issue, called Detroit's Chaldeans, an American Story. Becca, welcome back. Thanks for having me. So I was really shocked to read in your article, Becca, that Metro Detroit contains the largest Chaldean population outside of Iraq, with estimates between 120 and 150,000. Yeah, it's basically a whole city's worth of people. Wow. Okay, so let's talk about how this community ended up in Detroit. So uh, Christians fled in 1963. Talk about the circumstances. 
Well, it's it's actually been a little bit further back even. There was some natural economic push-pull um, going on with um, – these. Is, they were rural in Iraq, um, a rural community, and there was beginning to be more economic opportunity in the U.S. with the, the auto boom. Okay. And they started to migrate to Detroit, and then a big push happened um, with the regime that brought in Saddam Hussein – um, a changing government sent a huge wave um, here as well. So um, that those were the two, like the major pull factor and the major push factor that brought. Okay. Most, uh, All right. All right. That makes sense. So now we kind of understand the forces that brought that many um, Iraqi Christian or Chaldeans into the Detroit area. So fast forward to today, um, what's happened and have these people as a whole not sought citizenship? Um, it hasn't been granted. And where are they now? So, Many of them are citizens. Um, they are multi-generation. They were born here. Um, many have naturalized. But in any immigrant community, you're going to have a mix of things. And um, in the case of many, they were lawful permanent residents. They'd come here and obtained green cards. Um, and some had refugee status. Or Sorry, not refugee status. Some had come in an attempt to seek asylum okay. or been resettled through um, because they were working with, as in the case of the guy in my story had been working with the U S government. And so they were resettled in the U S um, because of their military contracts as like a friendly. Got it. Right. During unrest and whatnot, they evacuated them. I see. And so, them here. a friend of America, they sort of had special sort of uh, placement at the front of the line. Absolutely. I mean, the family that I follow, or the family that I got to know, the Oslivos, um, they were evacuated after Operation Desert Strike. There was a lot of unrest in their region, and so there was a huge evacuation into Turkey, and then on to Guam, and then into Kentucky. And they were part of that because of uh, the oldest brother's job with the U.S. military. I see. So in your piece, Detroit's Chaldean, an American story, you talk about a number of these uh, Iraqi Christians. Some of them have uh, run afoul of the law. And because of that, that's where a big problem is for some of them, right? Right. You've got a huge community of people who've been here for decades upon decades. I mean, you're going to have some people who make there's, mistakes. Right. There's sure. always a percentage, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So what was going to happen? Because, you know, we hear that uh, President Trump is getting ready to do a, a huge immigration sweep. It was, uh, I think, set for Sunday. Apparently that's in flux right now. But the Chaldeans in many ways are in the crosshairs because of some tiny percentage of the community uh, being round up because of past felonies. Maybe the, some of them would go back to the 80s and the 90s. Absolutely. So what happens for any non-citizen – um, who's here legally, when they, if they commit a felony, they immediately get final orders of deportation. Mm-hmm. Those are not, that does not mean they put you in the, on the plane as soon as you walk out of the court. That just means that ICE at any time now may come and, and do that. Right. But it could, for, for decades, I, Iraq would not take them back. So they just stayed here. 
And there was a law that was passed um, that it's retroactive. So for if you committed a crime in 1980 and Iraq wouldn't take you and there was no um, it was not an immediately deportable offense at that time. When the law was passed in the 90s that said, okay, or, sorry, I actually forgot the exact date of that law, but law was passed sometime later that said now felonies are deportable offenses and it's retroactive. So if you have one any point, at any point on your record, even if it was expunged, you are now deportable. And um, which came as a shock to people who had been living as they had been to jail, they'd done their time, they'd paid their fine, they'd done their community service, all of the stuff, um, are living as you know, productive members of society, and now they have final orders of deportation. I see. So, Becca, we talked to you a little earlier in the week, uh, and as I said, as you joined us, you are the you are the um, the uh, Christianity Today's a person who's the front person talking about immigration. You living in San Antonio, Texas? Obviously, you're schooled on immigration and know many stories about this. Does any of this make sense to you? I mean, is there any clear-cut policy that we're following along that feels fair and equitable for all people? Well, I think people are going to have different feelings about fair and equitable. I mean, there are some people who say if there is a legal, if there is a legal mechanism that is coming into play, and that is the trigger for what's deporting you then yes it's fair right so if you've committed if, you, if you've committed a, uh i don't know is it stopped at felony does misdemeanor count like whatever whatever the cutoff is if you've done that it like, is what you, it you is put, you've put yourself at risk and that's what it is yeah there and there are definitely people who are saying well everything here is legal it all checks out and then there is a different um sensibility about what is fair and just and that is you know does the law live up to that standard right. so there are some there's there's kind of two views on or many views on that but um what we hear a lot of and in, in the feedback is well sorry that's the law of the land and then you hear people on the other side saying clearly the law of the land is, is hurting people and we need to reconsider it okay so so when people when opponents of this are saying that this type of uh, of law is hurt, quote unquote, hurting people, they're saying that this is unjust because the people who have committed a felony have paid for it, and so therefore they shouldn't be penalized after the fact. Yes, and they're saying that in this case, um, deportation to Iraq puts these people, the Iraqi community, the words they use are a death sentence, and it it definitely puts them right. in. Sure increased risk of, of violence and extortion. Right. And that's a story that's right. It's sort of a, a narrative that runs through. The people have lived here for decades, and then they go back to a hostile country, especially if they're Christians. It, it is essentially mm-hmm. a death a sentence because they're strangers in a strange yeah. land, I, even though that's part of their DNA. And I, told, I, I, I very much see that. At the same time, when I'm looking at just overall policy, it doesn't do any... It's obviously not going to produce the end result we want if we don't put a hard line on immigrants who are committing felonies. Sure. And I think that there is a, there, any, the larger the blanket, the more people are going to get caught up in the blanket. Right. And there will be more unintended consequences. So I think what people are calling for is 
um, more judicial discretion. They're calling for um, more nuanced laws like should. The the drug in, in the story is marijuana. And you can now legally possess marijuana in a bunch of Should that offense be one that carries the same weight as murder? Right, right, right. And, um, right. Should, and so immigration courts have this very light, red light, green light system, whereas um, there's a lot of people now, I think, calling for more judicial discretion across the board. I see. I, I, God bless anyone in this country who's working with immigration, whether you, you know, you're on the front lines or you're a judge you, or you're so however. Complicated. It's They're, so deeply complicated. And on all these stories, it breaks your heart does. and nothing's black and white. And at the same time, you know, you see these people, their lives are irreparably changed forever. And we just see the numbers released today that, that, uh, Five months ago, only, I don't know, 54% of Americans, that's a, that's a guess, that's a round number, thought that the uh, immigration situation was a crisis in America. Today, the new numbers are 74%. So, it, I mean, it's just it a is, giant jump. Yeah, well, it's because I think we're finally looking at it. I think that people who are working on the front lines of this have been saying for, you know, they tried to fix it in the 90s with a blue ribbon commission and whatnot um, because people were realizing, okay, this is not, the system isn't working. We've got too many different rules for too many different groups and we have layers upon layers of loopholes and caveats and it's just too much. Right. Oh, Becca. Well, listen, I'm, I'm glad you're with us. Uh, we certainly appreciate your reporting and, um, you know, as time goes on, please join us again and help untangle the spaghetti monster that is before us. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you so much. A pleasure is ours. Becca McNeil, she is uh, following immigration, writing about it, reporting about it for Christianity Today. My daughter's a student at Grove City College, and she spent the last nine months in the classroom being trained in all sorts of disciplines. She's gotten good theological training. She's got um, a lot of work in social science, and she's going to be a high school history teacher. And so she's also taken a lot of classes in how to manage kids and how to think about education and all those sorts of things. But the classroom's the classroom, right? I mean, it's a, it's a controlled environment. And it's theory only. Well, now that it's hit summer, now she's working with actual kids in the city of Pittsburgh. And these kids have a lot of challenges that my daughter didn't have. And so all of the um, all the desire she has to work with the kids would, in large part, maybe go to waste if she didn't have some actual training in how to manage a classroom or how to deal with kids or what actual emotional development looks like in a kid. And that's why I think that the training you get at Grove City College is so essential for when you actually get out in the world and try to do something effective for somebody else. That's right. You know, you've heard this. If it's a Christian education, well, it's got to be second rate. Well, I'll tell you what, with Grove City College, nothing can be further from the truth. Rigorous academics and deep end theology. Look, both of our kids, Kath and I, they attend Grove City College, love Grove City College. We would encourage you, if you've got a high school junior or senior, check out Grove City College online for that next step forward, gcc.edu. That is Grove City College. 
Guess what time it is. I've been waiting all day for this. It is time now for today's $1,000 daily cash giveaway, Word FM, Word of the Day. Are you having fun with words? It's going to give away $1,000 in cash to somebody. Remember these words. The Word FM, Word of the Day is Panthers. Enter the word Panthers online at wordfm.com forward slash cash. You'll have a chance to win. Again, the Word FM Word of the Day is Panthers. The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amberin trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonial is based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI US NULO, 52 weeks by UPC. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton, and I want to talk to you about something I haven't liked to talk about until now, my menopause. All my life, I've had energy, energy to win gold in 84. But when menopause hit me, with the hot flashes and night sweats, I began to feel sluggish every day. That all changed when I discovered Amberin. Amberin safely relieves 12 menopause symptoms by helping to restore your hormonal balance. Amberin is 100% drug-free, estrogen-free, and clinically tested. Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement. Thanks to Amberin, my fear of hot flashes is gone. My sheets aren't soaked every night, and my energy is back. Give Amberin a try and see what it can do for you. It works. It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine retailers nationwide and get Amberin today. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, Find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. Clear skies and comfortable tonight, the low 59 degrees. There can be some patchy fog overnight for tomorrow. Mostly sunny, a nice start to the weekend. High 86 for tomorrow night. Will turn out partly cloudy. There can be a stray shower late tomorrow night and very early Sunday morning. Low 67 for Sunday. Sunshine and some clouds. Pleasantly warm, 82 degrees. With Iraqi Weather Forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. So, Kath, uh, it is few and far between burgers and steaks, any of that red meat. You mean in our house? Yeah. It's non-existent. You're just not doing that. No, but it's not because we're, you know, trying to save the earth or anything. Although saving the earth, I'm sure, is noble. Oh, it's good. But it's just that my husband has colitis and can't eat meat anymore. Yeah, so you guys are following along being yeah, yeah, we good just, stewards. Yeah, we felt like, I mean, he didn't give up meat because he wanted to. He gave up meat because he couldn't right, have it, right. and he still loves it. And so I felt we felt badly eating it in front of him, so we don't eat it in front of him. Well, so we saw an article that uh, apparently uh, coincides with your Listen, healthfulness. It made me feel a lot better about how Heck we yeah, eat. Yeah. i got to tell you. It's an article by Jenna Birch in uh, the Washington Post. And it talks about uh, the proteins that we eat. And it said poultry and fish are considered the best animal proteins that you can load your diet with. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, everybody looks at proteins differently, especially when it is in, uh, taken into account with your genetics, your historical background, the rest of your diet. Do you exercise? Do you drink a lot of water? You know, blah, 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 blah. Still, she says there's a generally agreed upon hierarchy of nutritional value when it comes to animal proteins. So poultry and fish are at the top. Now, she says this. She says um, the uh, American Heart Association recommends two to three servings of fish per week. Really? Per week? Yeah. 
I'm I got to be honest that. with you. I don't eat that. I, I don't know. I, I eat fish twice a week, probably, but three. That, that seems like a lot. Okay, but here she breaks it down. Uh, uh, kind of animal protein. Uh, wild Alaskan salmon. That sounds pricey. Oysters. Mm-hmm. Sardines are highest in healthy fats. White fish, such as cod or flounder, tend to be leaner. When's the last time you had a sardine? You know what? I just had one when I was in Germany. Did you? Yeah, I did. Occasionally, I, I get a taste for a sardine. Listen, my husband eats them all the time. It grosses my kids out. Oh, well, you know, it is an acquired taste. Well, it is an acquired taste. But I remember being a little kid, yeah. and if it was a holiday, my grandfather or my uncle or my dad, or whatever, they'd pull out a thing of sardines. I thought that was like high tree time. Yeah, yeah. We, well, we do them every New Year's. You know, it's part of my family tradition. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I've had many New Year's Eve with you. I didn't oh, yeah. realize the well, sardines, sardines were a thing. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> it's part of that paper bag thing on the porch. That's weird, but I like it. <laughs> it's weird, but I really, really like it. Okay, so um, I, cod, I eat that pretty regularly. I don't eat flounder very much. Wild Alaskan salmon is is pricey. Oh, my god! I mean, uh, you can get Scottish salmon, which is my very favorite at uh, Woolies at the Strip, for about thirteen ninety nine a pound. Gee. That's... That's what it is, but that's yeah, yeah. The, to me that's the very best. You can get their Atlantic salmon's at seven ninety eight a pound. That's my regular. <laughs> all of a sudden, you just shop and Look, I'm lady. sorry, I'm there all the time. Oh, I'm just telling you. But I mean, if you're if you're trying, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, what would it mean for me to to eat more fish? That's about what it would mean. It would mean seven ninety eight a pound if you were getting salmon, or fourteen if you were getting uh, if you were getting uh, Scottish. Yeah. What if you're getting hot dogs? <laughs> if you're getting hot dogs, it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> Anyway, so I mean, how, do you, do you like you like fish, John? Oh, I love fish. Okay, yeah, happy to have fish. Yeah, so it's just a matter of like whether you're going to actually go get it or not. And if you're getting fresher fish, it tastes so much better than if you're getting it wrapped Something up frozen. in a grocery store or yeah, frozen. Yeah, right. Anyway, the bottom of the list as far as animal proteins, this is not going to surprise anybody: bacon, hot dogs, and sausage. All high in saturated fat, yeah, often they're... made with chemicals uh-huh. considered carcinogenic to humans. Yeah, so probably ha- mm. eating something that's carcinogenic to humans isn't what we should be going for. Take me out to the ball game. Yeah. Right? So anyway, so forget your bacon, hot dogs, and sausage. All right. Take a break. Come back. Richard Mao is going to join us. Should we ask him about his fish consumption? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. We're also going to talk about having a restless faith. Is that good or not? To be restless. WORD. You could win an amazing cruise, an adventure to respark your marital relationship on Family Life's Love Like You Mean It Marriage Cruise. Just log on to our station website and use the keyword stronger. And when you enter, you'll also receive a free copy of Family Life's ebook, Stronger Forever, a personalized six week plan to grow your marriage. Make your marriage stronger. Register now to win at wordfm.com/slash stronger driving is freedom the freedom to keep moving to control your destiny and to choose your path and now that freedom fits in the palm of your hand it's called ford pass the only app that gives you roadside assistance ford pass rewards and now when you buy or lease a new ford earn points you can use toward flexible complementary maintenance that gives you well more freedom Ford Pass, built to keep you moving, built Ford proud. Visit your participating Ford dealership to find out about getting flexible complimentary maintenance when you buy or lease a new Ford and sign up for rewards. 
Roadside assistance is included for certain Ford owners and available to everyone for a per-service fee. Ford reserves the right to change program details without obligations. Visit your participating dealer or FordPassRewards.com for program rules and restrictions. Ford Pass, compatible with select smartphone platforms, is available via a download. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Hey, Pittsburgh. This month, you could qualify for 20% off the MSRP on select models of the all-new, totally redesigned 2019 Silverado pickup. That's over $9,000 in savings on select Silverado double cab all-stars. The team at Calusi has been serving Pittsburgh for over 100 years, so you can buy with confidence. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club you save as much as half. Half of home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping and God save the green. Richard Miles with us. Richard is uh, the author of an excellent work, Adventures in Evangelical Civility. He is a widely traveled professor of faith and public life at Fuller Theological Seminary, where he served as the president for the last 20 years. He also enjoys himself some fish. Oh, yeah, a little fish there. Richard, my friend, it's been a long time. How are you, sir? It uh, is always good to have you with us. Good to hear your voice. I hear you've been talking about fish. That's oh, right. Yeah. We're talking about, we were ranking animal proteins before you came on, Richard. It was epic. Golly. <laughs> You know, actually, uh, my my wife is a a, a fish connoisseur, and really? I'm not really. I, you know, I was raised on fish and chips and fish sticks and things like that. Yeah, me but, too. Uh, I have discovered tilapia, though. That's pretty good. So. It's delicious. Tilapia is good. It's delicious. You know, more than more often than not, though, when I think fish, I'm thinking about having some mayonnaise and some tuna fish. Yeah, I love a tuna sandwich. Yeah, a tuna salad. Sandwich. <laughs> That's as good as it gets for me, Richard. Uh, Wow. All right. Well, Richard, we're not going to do the hot dogs, the salami, any of the processed meats that are carcinogenic for us, because those were at the bottom of our list. But anyway, we didn't bring you on here to talk about food. (laughs) We did want to talk about restless faith, though. What is a faith that's restless? And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, you know, it's really interesting. One of the the great lines in the Christian tradition comes from St. Augustine, who at the beginning of his classic work, The Confessions, is in a prayer to God that right at the beginning, he says, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless till they rest in thee. And this really speaks about a fundamental spiritual restlessness in, in human beings. And I think that we see this all over the place today. Yeah. Uh, and I think people would not look back to Augustine as thinking, well, there's there's someone who's lived through it and he's got the answer. Because by nature, we are just all restless, whether we're born in the 11th century or the 21st century. That's right. You know, it's interesting, John and Kathy, I, I went to a Rolling Stones concert. 
recently. And uh, I was with a bunch of men who were studying theology and popular culture. And we're up in a box above the Rose Bowl, 80,000 people. Wait, when was this, Richard? Oh, about maybe 10 years ago. Okay. okay. It was their, their voodoo lounge. <laughs> I love the fact point, that you were at that point, somebody, somebody turned to me and said, if, if, you were asked, if everything went silent and you were asked right now, uh, and now a few words from the president of Fuller Theological Seminary, <laughs> what would you say, you know? And I, I was really stumped. But then Mick Jagger started to do his, his, his classic thing, can't get no satisfaction. And suddenly, 80,000 young people in the Rose Bowl were chanting, can't get no satisfaction. Can't. And then I, I thought, I'd quote St. Augustine, you know? Our hearts are restless, so they rest in, in, in the Lord. You want true satisfaction? You can only find it at the cross of Jesus Christ, you know? Yes. And and it's interesting how we get these, these uh, wonderfully profound spiritual statements that come out of a thoroughly... Seemingly godless culture of people who are, they, they, they have deeper things going on in their lives that they can't satisfy. Yes, you know? and I think every people know that, right? But it's the poets among us who are able to quickly identify it, craft it, put it into a song, and then the masses, 80,000 plus at the Rose Bowl, all sing along. Because we yeah. all walk around knowing we have this gigantic hole in our heart, but That's the right. fact of the matter is most of us don't know how to solve that hole. Yeah, right. But, you know, there's another dimension to the restlessness, and that is that uh, we are on a journey, and, and we don't have all the answers. I mean, we're yearning for, you know, the Bible says, here we have no lasting city, but we we seek the city that is to come. We're on our way to something. And in the meantime, it's a good thing to be restless. You know, yeah. there are just a lot of things that I don't understand. I, there, I have some very basic things that that keep, keep me on the journey. But there are other things that I, I, I just uh, would like to know more about or I'd like to understand better. Or I, I wish I'd get over some of the real crap in my own life. Right, you know? right. Yeah. Just recently, I was reading an old interview with Bono from U2 talking about their song, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. And the person who was uh, doing the interview said, well, wh- you know, I thought you were some Christian or something. You know, wh- why would you write a song like that? And Bono said, I didn't say it was a good thing. I just said it's true. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, your own program, U2, is a kind of program for restless people. I mean, not just people in... in uh, uh, you know, kind of traffic, <laughs> getting <laughs> restless, but people who have questions, people who are looking for guidance along the way, and uh, it's a good thing to be restless. Yes, it's, but it's also, I mean, you know, I guess hindsight's always twenty twenty, but it's also very difficult, isn't it? It's a burden that seldom leaves us. Yeah, no, that's right, and. You know, we're we're living in a time where the restlessness can be especially, uh, yeah, especially difficult because we have a lot of new questions. You know, what I mean, the the idea that the Bible provides us with all the answers to life. I mean, I think it provides us with the guidance to to the journey. Uh, but there are just a lot of questions that I have that the Bible doesn't really address. But the Holy Spirit. It gives us the power of discernment as we seek to bring the word to bear on 
our daily lives, you know. Mm-hmm. Richard, in, in all your life, have you gone through, and I, I'm sure the, the answer is yes to both these, long periods of restlessness and perhaps on the flip side, long periods of peace? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit like a roller coaster. <laughs> you know, there are times that we're just sort of going along, and, and, and that's good. I think those are the reassuring times. Uh, and God gives us those as well. And we we kind of get some money in our bank account, our spiritual bank account, to to face the more difficult times. And, you know, there's a kind of a restlessness that's just a par for the course. And, and then there's the restlessness of, uh, that the psalmist often expresses when he's just wondering what in the world is going on and where is God, you know, and all of those things, yeah. Dr. Richard Mao is with us. He's a renowned author, widely traveled speaker. He's a professor of faith and public life at Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, where he served as president for 20 years. So, Richard, when I think about restlessness, and I, th- I often think that when we're not restless, we're looking at issues from a distance. But when any, when any of those cultural issues present themselves in our family or in us, all of a sudden we become restless. So I, I wonder if the times that we feel settled and we're not really concerned about anything are the things when, when the issues that are impacting other people aren't impacting us. Yeah, I think, Kathy, I think that's, that's a profound observation because, you know, uh, a lot of the controversial issues of the day, I mean, you know, transgenderness, uh, same-sex attraction, uh, you know, there are those of us who can just look at that and say, yeah, well, there's some questions there. I haven't quite figured all of that out, although I think I have some pretty clear convictions. But when it's your sister or your kid yeah. or your your best friend from high school, right. those are very different questions, you know, right. and it's good to wrestle with them. Uh, and I think the Lord wants us to. Yeah. That requires... Um a curiosity, doesn't it? A spiritual, intellectual curiosity that I think in this day and age, we, all of us walk around with these massive computers in our pockets, and we're looking for the quick and easy answer. And we're never going to find the answer. No. To be yeah. restless like that requires a deep dive that is not exactly ABC123. No, that's right. I mean, you know, I just, just a little while ago before you guys contacted me today and you know, I was doing a Google search and just looking for something and you know I get a thousand <laughs> a thousand things I can click on and uh, yeah I got all that information there right in that, that iPhone but uh, how you find it and and how you can be how you can trust what you're reading those are very important very important restless kinds of questions for me Richard, can you talk about what you think the and you can talk about this, you know, existentially or, you know, or perhaps personally or theologically about what the role of prayer is in uh in having a restless faith. I just this morning I was wrestling with something and I was just sitting there and I was just saying to God, I just don't I don't get this. And I don't that's not the most like sophisticated prayer. <laughs> But that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just don't get this. Oh, I find I just don't get this a very sophisticated prayer. Sometimes it's uh, something that comes out of the deepest places of our of our souls, Kathy. You know, it's just no. I and and, and I I do think that a restless faith has to be a praying faith. I mean, I, I once talked about restlessness and 
somebody got kind of irritated with me because they said, oh, we're always so busy and you're always trying. Uh, we just need to find rest. We need to find peace. Yeah, I, I agree. Those are good things. But I think a, a, a restlessness about where we are in life and what some of the challenges are, uh, things that we know the Lord wants us to take on, even though they won't be easy, uh, that kind of restlessness is a good thing, and we can't handle it really without prayer. I think the psalmist is very clear about this. Yeah, the, he was. I mean, the psalms are very restless prayers. Yeah, uh, for me, you know, um, I often get restless when I am ensnared in in a sin cycle, mm-hmm. where I keep on doing this same heinous, stupid thing again and again and again. And, and oftentimes what releases me from that is is confession and forgiveness. And I think that's a good starting point. I mean, just I'm just talking about myself because then I, I'm at sort of like a base point in my life and that restlessness is sort of tamped down. It's kind of like, you know, spraying water over a dirt field. Okay, at least it's going to be down for a little bit. And then maybe, you know, that restlessness will subside a little bit and allow me initially to start a prayer life to start to rebuild again. Yeah, no, that's right. And I think those prayers, for, for me, the, the answer is they have to be very honest prayers. You know, uh, I mean, I, I was liberated when I, when I was in college to hear a, a speaker in chapel say, it's okay to say God to God, I'm not believing very much today. You yeah, know? yeah. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so that God wants the the honest statement. Say, God, I'm kind of. I mean, the psalmist says, you know, where are you? You know, right. I, are you hiding from me? You're playing tricks on me. I mean, you know. So we have permission to do that. And and I and and then that kind of prayer, John, that you just talked about, where the Apostle Paul says, "Oh, oh wicked, oh wicked wretch that I am, who can deliver me from this body of death? You know, the good that I would, I do not, and that which I would not, I do. Uh, oh, that's such an important part of just saying that to God. Right, right. And, you know, Richard, to say that, though, to talk about, you know, being restless or to being not connected in some ways, for a lot of believers, even though, as you say, you know, it is a thread throughout the Psalms, that's a scary thing, right? As though in some ways you're challenging God or you're telling God you're not connected, that if I say that out loud, perhaps I'll never be reconnected with God again. Yeah, and that's where we have to look at wonderful people like Mother Teresa and others who were very honest when they they were feeling that lack of connection to God and just said that to God, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and to me, that's the important thing. The, the, the worst thing is if you're not feeling like praying, the answer is, don't, is not that you shouldn't pray, but that you should say to God, I just don't feel like talking to you, you know. And I'm going to talk to you about the fact that I don't feel like talking to you. <laughs> and I, that's I think that's, a, that's the kind of prayer that the Lord, uh, the Lord honors. You know? yeah. In fact, he wants that from us. Richard, we love when you're with us. We Thank sure you do. so much. You're excellent. Hey, it's great. And uh, what kind of fish do, do each of you? Uh, I mean, you said tuna, huh? Yeah. Well, no, I feel uh, strongly about salmon, and I feel strongly in particular. And thank you for asking, Richard, about Scottish salmon. It's my fave. Well, listen, that, that's kind of frou frou, Richard. For me, a little dollop of ketchup and a fish stick does it. <laughs> He's like Van de Camp's. I mean, what are we talking about? 
Hey, and fries on the side, too. Exactly. You know? Maybe <laughs> a little coleslaw along with it. That's great. Yeah. Hey, it, love you guys. Love you, too. Richard Mile. Uh, Richard Mile, he's with us uh, from Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California. Uh, his work, uh, just fabulous. Uh, Adventures in Evangelical Civility, highly recommended. You've been planning this day all your life. Enjoy your wedding and leave the catering to Bistro to Go on the North Side. Discover Bistro's classiest, simply delicious menu selections from butler past hors d'oeuvres to starters, main courses, and desserts. Buffet or plated service, each package contains full china, linen, staffing, complimentary cake plating, and more. Reasonably priced from intimate morning breakfast to grand evening affairs. Find menus, pricing, even venue recommendations at bistroandcompany.com. Sight and Sound Theaters presents the biblical stage adventure, Returning to Lancaster. Who exactly is he? He's a miracle worker, a healer, a prophet. This Jesus is a rebel. Everything Jesus does points to love. Seen by nearly one million people in its debut year, the original stage production is returning for one last encore season. Jesus, live on stage at Sight and Sound Theaters in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. More information is available at sight-sound.com. Hey, Pittsburgh, if you've been thinking about a new car or SUV, now is the time. With the summer sales event in full swing, Calusi has savings on the entire lineup of crossovers like the Chevy Equinox, Trax, and Blazer. Plus, with Chevy Loyalty Cash, you can save an additional $1,000 off the MSRP on select models. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. This week at Walgreens, get great deals on the essentials you need. Now, select varieties of Tide Laundry Detergent, $1.99 with coupon and card. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. While supplies last, restrictions and exclusions apply. See store for details. I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. You have my word on it. Stevie. It's a Friday in the summer. Hey, did you see her at uh, Stevie Needs a Kidney Transplant? Yeah, I saw that. Stevie. Yeah, our best goes out to Stevie, yeah, who man. we love. Yeah, yeah. 
Hey, we love also the window cleaners at Children's Hospital. Oh, my God. If you saw any of the photographs. Those are funny It guys. is so terrific. So all the windows needed to be cleaned at Children's Hospital. So all the guys who were doing it, they dressed up as superheroes. I love it. There's, all of a sudden, there's Spider-Man, Superman, Batman. Batman climbing the window. And those kids, can you imagine oh what, my gosh. how freaked out they must go, look at those guys. Oh, it's just... Spider-Man's outside my window. It is such a perfect idea. I bet those photographs go around the world. I bet That's they, just a it's really glorious cool. thing. Anyway, we've got the Deutschtown Music Festival coming up in Pittsburgh this weekend. Yes, and the gospel part of it is Sunday morning. So check Ace that out. At a Allegheny Center Alliance Church. Yep. Joyce, uh, Joy Ike and many fabulous Greg and Rebecca Sparks. Yep. It's going to be a great day. Uh, look for it. I mean, the, the local papers are covering it, but uh, really, they're covering the you know the Saturday thing, which is great, but that Sunday morning gospel festival, that's super cool. Deutschtown Music Festival on the north side. Have yourself a great weekend. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.